Blog Talk Radio. Nowadays, there's a lot of talk about hate crimes. There's an entire body of laws against hate crimes. Everybody seems to be worried about hate. Hate appears to be the gravest problem of our time. But hate is good. Hate gives a structure to our life. Hate gives us a reason to exist, a focus, something to strive for, an identity. Hate is energy, pure energy, provided by Mother Nature herself. Hate enables us to see through lies and pretense, and helps us to concentrate on the essential. Hate is democratic. Even the rich and the powerful cannot hate more than their slaves and subjects. And soon, hate may well be all that we have left. Hate emancipates. Without hate for slavery, you cannot break your shackles. And without hate for injustice, there can be no justice. The greatest achievements of the human race have grown from hate and from the ability to control hate. Hate separates humans from animals. Animals do not hate, but humans do. Humans can hate for decades, sometimes their entire life. We can even pass hate on to our children and keep hate alive for centuries. Hate is a sign of abstract intellect, for only humans can hate people they have never seen or met and only humans can hate concepts and processes. How can we know what love is if we refuse to recognize and understand hate? Love and hate are the two opposite sides of the same coin. Without hate, we are only halflings. In order to be complete, we need hate. Only fools talk endlessly about love, but forget the hate. Hate separates us from the meek and docile masses. Do not fear hate. Do not deny or reject hate. Accept hate, embrace hate, learn to know it and learn to use it. Hate is your most powerful weapon, a hidden source of your strength. Do not deny it from you. What the liberal elite fears most in this world is our ability to hate, because our hate will one day be the most revolutionary force on the planet. Our hate will destroy and create empires.
we're going to go ahead and begin at the beginning here. We're not saying anyone should be forced to be pro-white. All we're saying is that whether anyone likes it or not, white people have the right to be pro-white. White people have the right to a sense of racial consciousness, racial identity, and racial pride. We have the right to date, to marry white, and to raise our white children to be pro-white. We have the right to love our own people, and to raise our children to love themselves and their people. And above all else, white people have the right to unify, organize, and fight back against the rising tidal wave of anti-white hatred. Don't like it? Too fucking bad. That's your problem, not ours. The anti-white powers that be want you to believe that you don't have a right to be victorious. They want pro-whites to be defeated, broken, and conquered. But we have no intention of surrendering to their intimidation. Pro-white means supporting whites' rights to a collective sense of racial consciousness, identity, and pride. It means supporting whites' rights to pursue self-determination in our collective racial destiny. Whether anyone likes it or not, the white race has a right to be pro-white. White people don't lack in numbers. What we lack is unity. If we can figure out how to unify, organize, and fight back, show's over. We win. Historically speaking, when white people finally say enough is enough, the entire world trembles beneath our collective footsteps. But a kingdom that has once been destroyed can never come again into being, nor can the dead ever be brought back to life.
All right, welcome to the Resolution Radio Network at ResolutionRDO.com. You are listening to the St. Thomas Show, and I'm your wild and crazy-ass host, Sunny motherfucking T, you whiny-ass bitches. If you want to call in a list now, it's area code 607-203-5423. It's area code 607 You can find us on... Uh, <laughs> We're doing pretty good on social media, actually, at this particular point. If you look at the show description, we actually have a lot of links listed on here. So we are on Telegram at Resolution RDO and at Sunny Thomas Show. We've been doing uh, pretty good there as well. Uh, we're on Getter at Resolution RDO and Sunny Thomas Show. We're on Gab at Resolution RDO and Sunny Thomas Show and also at Real Sunny Thomas and top that off, uh, we are also on Wimkin at Science Time Show. You can also find us at Resolution RDO. So there's links at the bottom of the show description for all this as well. And on Twitter at Science Time Show, at Resolution RDO, and the number one. So that's pretty much the gist of it so far, but we've been doing pretty good on that. Opening song tonight was Bound for Glory, St. Eugen's March. And uh, I love that fucking band. The more and more I listen to their shit, man, they've been around for 1989. So they've been around for a long time. Uh, very RAC, pro-white, and uh, anti-Jew, that's for sure. But they're not necessarily out there bashing Jews every five minutes. Like, fuck Jews, hate Jews, fuck Jews, what? No, they're not like that. They're a lot more sophisticated. And also sing about historical events, such as Caton uh, Forest Massacre, um, Dresden, uh, so basically, getting on the on the right side of history uh, is made on that particular thing. But I think their albums all this past decade have been pretty fucking solid. I mean, the shit that I've been uh, catching from them the last thirteen years is just as competitive as any fucking major rock band out there. Uh, the the production level is just as good for the most part, but um, they just don't have obviously the appeal. Uh, these guys have been around for a long time. You know, they contemplated maybe calling it a day, and I encouraged um, Joel not to. I'm like, nah, dude, I, I think you realize that you have an obligation now because of the fact that your music is really resonating people, and without what's such as mine, uh, people are really hearing some of the shit. So um, we need to make sure that we have an opportunity to get uh, Bountiful Gory stuff label, if you want to call it that, there is a label in Germany that um, yes, that is correct. There is a label in Germany that actually carries a lot of Bound for Glory um, CDs as well as swag. And some of the swag is actually pretty badass. I actually own a few pieces myself, and I'm uh, very, very happy with the quality of it as well. So, again, there's a lot of cool shit out there on this uh, German website, pcrecords.net. And you can click on that. You can go search um, for Bound for Glory, and you will find their CDs as well as I love some of their swag. They do have uh, tank tops. They have at least um, four or five different types of shirts. 
one or two of my I wasn't too too uh, jazzy on because it just says BFG. Well, they're not enough of a name yet to be having a shortened acronym version of their name, so it's kind of you know shortchanging themselves. But uh, it is pretty good solid stuff. So the one I got with um, uh, Siegfried, the Dragons. By the blade, I remain free. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Excellent quality. I mean, I'm a big T-shirt fanatic as well, so I've been very happy with the quality of shirts. However, I recommend if you get the tank top, get at least one or two sizes bigger because it's it's fairly um, tight-knitted, um, kind of um, stretchy type of tank top. And it's, it, uh, if you order a particular size, you want at least two sizes bigger because they're, they, they, a lot of the shirts in Europe seem to be scaled down a little bit. Uh, one thing I hate about a lot of shirts I buy from Europe is that the neckline's really tight. A lot of shirts in America, they're around the neck, but it all seems like all the shit I want to get from over there, it's like the neckline, the seams are at least an inch higher up, and they're just snug around my fucking neck, dude. I'm like, fuck. So a lot of times I always have to order one size bigger, or sometimes like I actually have an accept t-shirt. I, have to, I had to cut the fucking neckline out just because... Uh, it was just too snug around my fucking throat, man. But, again, I guess that's just typical with um, things. They must have a bunch of skinny neck motherfuckers in Europa. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, so title of the show tonight is Speak Up Even If You Shout It Down. Um, I am actually working on uh, uh, a general speech that I'm, new, I'm going to start going to local city councils, uh, county commissions, and um, other possibilities of, uh, of putting forth a pretty good presentation in time frame. So that way, depending on the amount of time that I have or if I can secure the time, because that's the way Robert's Rules usually works, um, to be able to talk about these topics. And the main thing I really want to talk about is basically a clarion call to the invasion that is happening in the United States. Everyone has seen the videos almost daily on Twitter especially if you followed Tommy Robinson, Echo Bars, and some other ones over in Europe, uh, a constant showing on a daily basis how many migrants are coming into these countries. Uh, someone had forwarded me a video um, earlier. It's about 10 minutes long. It's basically a compilation of videos of over the last 10 years of migrants um, trying to get to Germany and shit, going for the promised land, uh, because – the social near, so you got to understand how a lot of this shit works, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of stuff has been going on for a long time because the social engineers plan things in increments of long periods of time. No, these fuckers, they they plan shit within five, ten, twenty-five, forty, fifty, hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred year segments, and multi generational. So. I saw an excellent meme which showed grandma could do this, this, that, and the other. I mean, anyone who was ever a Depression-era person knows how to make the best out of everything. But they could do the most basic things. And it wasn't necessarily slated for a man or a woman like, oh, guys should know how to fucking sew clothes or shit like that. No, dude. That's bullshit. I don't give a shit what your gender is. These are great Uh, I don't care if it's cooking, cleaning, whatever. Uh, we got this too much of things going on, and I see this a lot with with, with a lot of our young bloods. 
I see that a lot of these dudes barely get by. They want to get with a chick. They expect her to fucking cook, clean, you know, suck his cock. I mean, all this other shit. But where, where, where is the dude to fucking go and put up his share, you know? Are you going to fucking do the laundry, dude? Are you going to wash the fucking dishes? You know, if she cooks, you should fucking clean. You know, that's just the way it is. Or uh, you make your fucking bed. I mean, I can't tell you how many dudes I've talked to don't make their fucking bed every goddamn day. Uh, my mother always constantly hammering me every fucking day to bed that I'd be made. Of course, it's pretty and a, and a comforter just to hurt and throw up there and then throw a fucking pillow on it. I'm done. I'm out the fucking door, okay? And then if I'm staying at her place, her guest bedroom oftentimes has multiple pillows. So you have to take all these shams off and everything else. And then you got to make sure to put on a certain way because my mother's very particular. She's OCD about this shit. So however you fucking took it off, Remember how it is before you put it back together, okay? These are good fucking lessons to learn because a lot of kids these days don't have any kind of discipline like that. They don't teach home ec in school anymore. Matter of fact, when I graduated in the early 90s, they were like considered, um, they were considered optional courses. Like you could take auto shop as an option. Home ec was an option. I think home ec should have been a requirement to, to graduate. You have to know how to – you'd be surprised how many dumb motherfuckers, especially niggers, don't even know how to boil water to make macaroni and cheese. So that's all all, all these kids want to eat these days is fucking macaroni and cheese. They don't even know how to boil the water, know how to fucking uh, actually cook the fucking noodles, time it, and, and know when it's done, and then put the – and stir it up, you know? How many fuckers these days don't even know how to make mashed potatoes? Oh, they love mashed potatoes, but they don't know how to fucking make them themselves. You know what I mean? So that's a very serious issue. How many fuckers don't even know how to cut the grass? You know, one of my chores growing up was I had to cut the grass. I had to cut the lawn. And, and it was a chore. I hated it, but you know. Didn't mind it as much, except that I cut my plate time. So, if anything, if I could go just a little bit faster to get it, they give me a fucking ride the rest of the day away, yeah? Because, you know, we, our generation, man, we got up the first thing in the fucking morning, unless you wanted, like, one of my buddies going up and sleep all fucking day. I ain't sleep till at least between 11 and 1 o'clock in the afternoon, dude. I'm going, what the fuck, dude? You've done wasted a half a fucking day sleeping. Not to mention, growing up, I used to be like that, too, but. Uh, I, I got tired of missing all the cartoons. The cartoons were always on early in the morning. I mean, I know people like Toto know what I'm talking about. If you wanted to watch the cool shit, man, you had to get up fucking early in the morning. Chop, chop. And I'm good. It disciplined you to start getting up more early on time. You know? A lot of us walk to school. You don't see that now. Matter of fact, I was just kind of looking uh, where my high school was in the east end of Dayton. Uh, and, at Belmont, uh, it was over uh, a mile and a half walk one direction, uh, and, and and the route that it showed is generally the route that I took. Uh, I, I would variate, maybe go down one different street or change it up once in a while. And there was times I would like, okay, a little bit farther, like I'd stretch my leg just a little bit more to get maybe an extra ten inches to a foot of distance with each step. Okay, just to change it up, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up the pace a little bit. Okay, sometimes I would start to run. I would count how many blocks I could run before I got too tired, and each time I could go another block. I'd force myself to go, 
all right, I'm going to go another block, learn how to pace it. You know, if you're not actually an athlete and you don't actually run track or do football or anything like that, you're you not necessarily disciplined to learn how to do that. But I, I would do it just to test myself because I'm doing the same fucking shit every day. You want to change it up and get bored, you know? And so I would go and fucking walk. Plus, in those days, neighborhoods were safe. It was all uh, upper, lower class, lower middle class, blue collar working neighborhoods, man. And you just didn't fuck around. I've been on the show many times. How there were certain things in our neighborhoods you just didn't do, man. And when you start getting down in the fucking lower east end or up in North Dayton, they're even more stringent on that shit. On my block in the east end, there's just certain things you do that just don't fly, okay? But when you get down there in the lower east end like where Toto's from, let me tell you what. You get down there in the hood, man, you fuck up, you're going to get fucked up. You don't park in front of someone's house. You don't walk on their fucking grass. You don't fuck with someone's fucking system. I mean, it's, you're going to get fucked up. You don't park in front of someone's house because, especially on a weekend, dude, I'll make goddamn sure you don't leave until I until I encounter your ass. I mean, these are basic rules of the fucking street, man. Us old school hoods know what the fuck it is about. Now, some of us were able to fucking try to blend in a little bit. You know, we, we, some of us are prudes. Other, you know, but there's a variation. Were you a preppy hood or hoodie prep? Because there is a grayscale there, you know. I was a preppy hood. I mean, I I can wear nice clothes, and I I sometimes wear Eastlands and do all that shit. But the next day, I'm wearing fucking straight up rock gear, okay. And I had a lot of guys that couldn't afford shit like that, weren't interested in that. Always straight hoods, man. Always wore a denim jacket jeans and t-shirt every fucking day, dude, just because they couldn't afford it, you know? And there's some girls that I know, you know, a good friend of mine from high school, uh, Michelle, you know, she always wore jeans, man. She never wore girly shit. She might wear a nice top, maybe a blouse, but she would never, ever wear a fucking dress, dude. Matter of fact, she sent me a picture about two or three years ago and bullshit out. And I was like, okay, well, did you get a discount some dresses or something? She goes, that's my point, dude. I haven't worn a dress since I was like seven years old. I was like, wow. It took you that fucking long, huh? <laughs> took you about almost 40 years. So, I mean, you know, um, but she, she looked fine. But she's always been an old school hood. And she she's, she don't take any shit. She fucking shotgun her and said, motherfucker, you better hope it blows my head off. Because when I get a hold of that goddamn thing, I am taking you out. And, uh, you know, because he, he had severe depression um, after, after some shit happened to him. And he was a trucker. And he, if I remember correctly, someone jumped in front of him or some shit. And he couldn't stop. And he plowed into his car and, and fucked it up or some shit. And somehow, I, I think if I remember, he went to prison for like five years. Okay. Um and again, it's not his fault, but it really affected his psyche and his confidence. And some people, they get on a skill set on a job, and that's all they know. And when that job is eliminated for them, dude, they don't know how to react. And so his outlet was drugs because he became a serious uh, manic depressant. And um, it sucks. It really sucks. And it's kind of like, Kind of like June Carter Cash probably had to do for Johnny. 
she was constantly finding his drugs, had him flush it down the toilet, all sorts of shit, you know. He'd be straight for a while, then he'd fucking get back off on uh, off the wagon again. And, it, you know, they've been together a long fucking time. And to be quite honest, she told me at one point she was done. And I was like, hey, whatever you need to do to help you out, you know, uh, if you just need a little encouragement. And at the same time, you know, she's got this mommy complex where she's wanting to fucking, you know, take care of and look out for him. I'm like, the point is, this dude's a loser because he's not the same. He's broken. And so you have to make the decision. Do you still want to stay with that the rest of your fucking days? Or do you want to find someone that actually appreciates you and your hard work and and actually work with you and not work against you or behind you? You see what I'm saying? So, again, that's another thing that I see a lot going on with our folks is the fact that uh, drug dependency and all sorts of shit stemming from stuff. Like my mom, for example – uh, she was her job, man. I mean, she was a Section 8 property manager for 20-some-odd years, okay? She was very good at what she did, and I told her before she forgets shit, she should write a book about her experiences and how people try to play the system um, because of the fact that I think that's valuable information that can help other people because a, a lot of these younger people don't have testing fortitude, nor do they have the discipline to actually stick through and try to uh, stay on top of that shit. But uh, she's caught many fucking people trying to pull fraud and all sorts of shit and nailed in court and just absolutely became, you know, a hard ass. And she would, they would put her on a property that wasn't doing well, and within a short time, she had full vacancy, and she cleaned out the drug dealers and then all this shit. She was a tough, you know, she was a tough SOB. So, but the problem was her, her health kind of went against her. And then she had to retire early, and she felt really defeated because she was her job, and she was good at it. And she was disciplined and went to it every day, worked many hours over, even though she was on salary. And there's, you know, some people are like that, man. She had planned to work until she was in her early 70s, and she wasn't able to, to do that. And um, it's sad. It, it's really sad. You know, just like I, I know other people out there, too, have, have had um, their livelihood taken from them because they – and again, I have also found that sometimes the best leaders are those that are not seeking it. Some of the best leaders um, are, are those, especially those that maybe wind up in management, sometimes basically got promoted into management because by default they were the senior person or by default they were the only one that actually didn't start any shit. Or was consistently there, maybe worked a lot of overtime, um, whatever it didn't call off much, and then by default they got it, and they weren't actively looking for it. But then health issues caused them to unfortunately abandon that particular calling as well. You know, I had an ex-girlfriend who um, who had done some management as well, but she she actually ended up doing hospice care, and she thought she finally found her calling until some young blood fucking um, uh, rear-ended her at a stoplight at, at 40 some odd miles an hour and fucked her up pretty good. She had whiplash and uh, and he didn't have insurance. And so she was in pretty bad shape for a long time um, and it took over six months of wrangling because she didn't want a resident to operate on her neck. She wanted an actual fucking surgeon and then uh, she was getting addicted to painkillers while she was trying to wrangle this shit. Finally got the surgery done. She spent, you know, Three months recovering at her mother's, 
And then for at least two years, that's my knowledge, she couldn't lift anything more than a gallon of milk, um, especially on that side of her body because of the fact that that was the, that was the maximum weight limit. So a lot of times I would go down and cut grass for her because her own fucking kids are too fucking lazy to help her out. You know, especially with shared parenting, it's like, hey, when you guys come over every two weeks, why don't you cut your mom's grass? Fuck you, dude. All right on. So, so if you're saying fuck me, you're saying fuck your mom too, right? So luckily I live down in the vicinity now. I went to go cut her grass. Again, I don't mind cutting grass. I actually like it. It's cheap therapy, you know? But the point is, I stepped up when they didn't. But the thing is, we really need to start speaking up, even if it's shouted down. I've mentioned here many times that I was the sole nay vote in the Warren County Republican Party, that on many issues that we would talk about or they try to rubber stamp because they had a majority of the time, we had a neocon fucking, uh, you know, majority and shit. Uh, many times all I'm proposed to say, I, I, and against, and literally all the heads, because I always made sure I set up in the front on the right-hand side, probably the first or second uh, chair from the middle, okay? And literally, I would see the heads all turn towards me, knowing that 90% of the time, I was going to vote nay, especially if we never had a discussion about it. Um, twice, I only voted um, – I abstained from voting because I hadn't reviewed the material, and the other time, I didn't know enough about it to, 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 to vote yes or no. Uh, but the majority of the time, I was the sole neighbor. I was the Ron Paul of the Warren County Central Committee, man, okay? So that, that worked out pretty good. But, uh, and again, I had spoken up on many issues and tried to get stuff out there and tried to make sure that um, uh, at least I had topics to be heard. But these are the things that I'm talking about now. We need to make sure that we have people want to stand up and say, look, there's an invasion coming. We need to seriously start having conversations with each other. Um, on the receiving end, if you are aware of situation awareness, A, you need to find who the Democrats are in your fucking neighborhood. Because, one, when shit hits the fan, they're going to be the fucking the, uh, ones that actually turn you in when it eventually comes to, get to a fucking Stasi type of sit, uh, apparatus or the majority of the of – the, Darkies come in and take over your fucking neighborhood, okay? So you need to find who the Democrats are because they're always going to side with that particular ideology regardless of the fact that it will destroy them in the long run as well. They're just the useful idiots that are waiting to get fucking just, you know, they, they just want to be eaten last, okay? That's the best way to, to, to figure it is they just want to be eaten last, and it's pretty fucking obvious. So my biggest issue is making sure that we speak up now while we still have the opportunity because we won't have an opportunity to do it later. And so that's a big problem. So we got to make sure that we say, look, there's an invasion coming. We need to make sure we know who your friends, who your enemies are. We also need to make sure on a number of levels uh, exactly how we're going to deal with this shit because if we don't, um, it's going to bite us all in the ass. And so I've got uh, some shit coming on here. So I'm going to go ahead and cover this in real quick. So like I said, um, so we got to make sure we speak out now while we have the chance. And I'm going to uh, switch this real quick. So hang on one second. 
Check, 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 check. Okay, so we need to make sure that we need to know who our friends are as well as who our enemies are because of the fact that that is going to be a serious issue. For one, when the proverbial shit hits the fan, you should already have a bug-out plan in place and not just one. Don't you think you're going to go to grandma's out there in the fucking countryside? No, that shit ain't going to work. First of all, you need to assess what you have with where you're at now. Do you live in a city? Do you live in a township? Do you live out in the fucking county somewhere? Uh, those are all factors that will really decide what happens in the long run. If you live in a city, you need to go look up the registration records to find out every Democrat that's in your zip code and in your precinct and make sure you know who they are. They are the enemy. Those that are – now, there's some that, are, that aren't like that, but they'll be more easily coerced to fucking rat you out if, if uh, applied a little bit of pressure. Okay, but the real issue is you need to make sure that you know who the Republicans are as well as the independents. So those that are not listed as Republican, those that are not listed as Democrat are probably independents or they just have not registered yet in this county because maybe they've moved here recently. Talk to your neighbors, find who they are. Those that are a little bit more astute, you can get in a little bit more detail. Um, make sure you're all on the same page. Make sure that, that they, uh, if they do decide to have weapons, make sure that they are actually um, willing to come to a, a call. You know, you need to have a system set up. Uh, we're, I was setting up with a group once. We were actually going to set up things that we were going to have things in a particular situation, just like the old days, just like in times of Jefferson and, and Franklin and Washington, that uh, – in the event that there's no power, no communications, we need to make sure we have signal fires, flares, or candles, at least let someone know that I can see your place, especially if I have binoculars, worst-case scenario, and say if there are one candle or two candles up in a fucking window somewhere, that tells me what the fuck is going on. Uh, anyone remember having pagers? go. It used to be that you could dial a certain number, and then you can uh, actually page somebody for free and put in a series of numbers, right? Uh, so my best friend, John, we had set up a very simple binary code. We, if, if there was um, – uh, if you put in one zero, that means call me whenever the fuck out. Two zeros is like call me when you get a chance. Three zeros – Means it's 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 important. Four zeros is call me ASAP, and then nine one one was emergency. Okay, so we had at least a five grade scale of knowing how to uh, get all of each other in case something was wrong. You know, breakdown or uh, personal issue, whatever the case may be, man. So you get a chance, get a hold of me, or give me a call whenever the fuck ever. Right. So we need to start thinking about things in that particular simple binary code by having uh, candles and other lights that are available to make sure that we are able to uh, communicate with each other. So if you do have a second-story thing and you have windows, what have you, make sure you have an option of putting stuff in the windows. That way it sends out a signal. Um, it's different than any other coding if you're in a, if you work for an employer. You know, a lot of people have usually at least uh, four different types of uh, warning codes that they oftentimes use on intercom systems. If it's a code red, that means typically a fire. If it's a code blue, that means someone was injured and uh, requires medical attention. 
Code green is usually some sort of environmental issue, such as a tornado, hurricane, or whatever. And then, of course, uh, of course, nowadays, with the ever-changing world, you have active shooter. And you don't have to say code blue. What did you say? Active shooter or the shooter or whatever the case may be. Um, and then they'll, they'll get the hint. And then you got to know the difference between cover and concealment. And um, look like a scene from the Terminator when he's shooting at the police station. I mean, that's the best way to try to describe it. If you're Sarah Connor, you need to hide on that fucking desk and hope that he doesn't fucking shoot through the damn shit and get you. So, yeah, that type of situation is actually a very good example. But um, you need to make sure you've got radios. Make sure you go get yourself uh, some decent walkie-talkies that go at least up to a mile, um, if not more. Um, some of the ones that I have picked up over the years are pretty good. I had gotten a pair of old Cobras from a, uh, a previous employer because they, they decided to upgrade this new one. So they said, well, if you want these now, I'm like, sweet. So um, I took them home, put some new batteries in them, and they work just great. But they're very limited. Now, depending on topography, um, it, could, it could beat your advantage. So I have seen, if, if you're on a halfway decent acreage, um, depending on topography, you can get a good signal. So if you actually have a pretty good-sized acreage, you live out in, the, out in the stick somewhere, you could probably use those and be okay. Um, I've actually tried them out myself. A uh, place that, down in Tennessee, with a, there was over well over 150 acres of, of property, and we tried them on there just to see if they would work. Um, they were a little fuzzy, but you could still clearly make out what the other person was saying. And was still pretty much almost on the other side of the uh, of the of the lines, so that was pretty cool. Uh, other ones I've seen, like um, some from Baofeng, you can get some of those. And depending on the apparatus and the topography, as well as the situation you have, depending on which configuration you use, will benefit either the receiver or the sender. So, for example, the standard one that comes with like a I think like a nine-inch antenna or something like that. And, you know, you'll get halfway decent signal with those within pretty good parameters, okay? If you get the extension uh, antennas, they're about 18 inches long. And uh, if you're on a fairly flat ground, you can usually get over uh, two to three miles of those, depending on the terrain. If it's fairly flat, you should get a good signal. Now, my personal experience, I've also seen if you get some of the tactical ones, the ones that fold out to three feet high, uh, depending on who's the sender and who is the receiver depends on the signal. So what the guy originally told me was, well, if you've got some tacticals, you can get up to five miles on a, on a fairly flat terrain, okay? I've actually proved him wrong because of the fact that I was able to use an 18-inch extension um, as the sender driving away with a tactical, with the tactical still folded up, and with the tactical fully extended outside, I was still able to get a signal uh, almost eight miles away. It was a choppy, but I could still make a word. But if I literally went down the street and and next to the hedge, nothing at all, complete fucking blackout. So, and this is me standing on basically the top of my truck um, with with the 18-inch, because when I used the tactical on my end, I didn't have any effect at all. 
So it could also be the brand that I'm using, but just generally speaking, the, the stuff that I had tried out, that those are some things. But Baofeng is a pretty good um, one, plus the fact that um, actually the Russians were using these when they first invaded Ukraine, so I thought that was actually pretty interesting. So they were to listen in on fucking channels and, and find out what the Russians were doing. I thought that was interesting. But my main point is you need to know who your friends and who your neighbors are and make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, have some sort of alert system, whether it's air horns, um, fireworks, flares, whatever the case may be. And also have alternate routes. If you can travel over properties or you can travel along wood lines and not be on the main road, you need to look at all possibilities. You have to think in a full three-dimensional spectrum because when invaders come, and it could be it could be our own government too. That's a whole other problem. Believe me, they can block all your signals, do all your shit. So you don't have to figure all that out. So that's why they purposely find confused invaders of the countries so they can try all this new equipment so they know how to fucking hunt down people and kill them. So literally, America has become an empire, and that's and Ron Paul kept referring to that. And I'm like, well, shit, man. Are you sure not talking about the evil empire Reagan talked about? No, he's talking about what our fucking shit is. So Britain fell, and now they are now – the Britons are now almost officially a minority in their own country. They're at the 51% mark, and I think they've gone down to 49 because the, the, the thousands and thousands of migrants to bring in a day is what's killed. They ain't killing them, and plus they're not having children. And the worst part of it is is that the children are being born all Muslim or – they're from fucking grooming or rape gangs that are attacking Britain girls. And, of course, they're being good Christians and, oh, we don't want to do that. They, they pop the fucking shit out. Boom, you got a half muzzy running around. So, I mean, you know, and then they, they, they raise up and resent the fact they got a white mother and then they go and kill her or they beat the shit out of her or whatever the case may be. I mean, I see shit all the time in videos, dude. All these fuckers just go up and beat people, and especially niggers that come in swarms. They'll go fuck, they'll attack someone three, four, five, six, ten of them at a time on one dude and beat the little shit out of them. I've seen it in Germany, I've seen it in Britain, I've seen it in France, I've seen it. Poland doesn't really put up a lot of that shit. They, at least they got some scruples. Hungary says, we're not taking fucking refugees. You can go get it up your ass. And then Russia has, generally for the most part, slammed the door on these fuckers. They're not compatible. We don't want them. Get the fuck out of here. You know, the Chechens and stuff may have fucking uh, let them come at that point, but that's going to be their own detriment there. When you carry this, when the frog carries a scorpion across the fucking river, he's eventually going to get stung. How it is. But, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really encouraging you to make sure that you go to your city council meetings. I've told you for years, you got to start going to school board meetings, find out what's going on. Even if you don't have kids in the system, you should know where your tax money is being fraudulently spent upon. That way you can go, hey, whoa, 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 I'm paying for what? You want a millage increase? I don't think so, motherfucker. And this bullshit that, oh, we have to spend all the money so we can get the same amount next year, I have never understood my con- that concept. You don't run a household budget. You don't run a business like that. If you do, you're going to be bankrupt. But, yeah, we can spend all the money in the account so we get the same amount next year. But you need to start going to your city council meeting and say, hey, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, everyone needs to be aware and have your head on a swivel. Things are going to start changing. And, and not only that, 
even though they have equal right opportunity fucking housing and all this bullshit, you need to really be discriminatory in who you rent to. If they're not white, they're not right. If they have Section 8 fucking voucher programs, don't accept it. Because once you accept that shit, it is a shackle on your ankle until the day you die. You can't even sell the fucking property. You are forever indebted to the government to maintain that. So if you get old or you get diabetes and lose a fucking leg, tough shit, motherfucker, you're going to have to pay a contractor to maintain that place. And they are pricey. They charge you hundreds of dollars an hour. So all the rent money you've been saving that you've been getting from these fucking tenants and shit, and they just fucked up water heater, burn up the carpet because they smoke pot, whatever the case may be, man, uh, that comes out of your pocket, dude, because you have to maintain it. You because if not, they take you to court. So like I said, stay away from that shit. Um, if necessary, we got to get it old school. We've got motherfuckers coming around, hanging around, shit. Let them know, hey, you're not one. You know, we got plenty of fucking dudes that can fucking look fairly menacing. You know. And they don't have to be fucking, you know, George Reeves types where they're fucking, you know, got barrel chest and fucking just, you know, like like the original Superman shit from the 50s. Like, hey, you're not wanted around here, boy. Get out of here, muzzy. And, I mean, you got to be not afraid to call these guys. Let me tell you what. When you watch their videos, they tell you what they're going to do. They're going to come in your neighborhoods. They're going to fucking make sure, oh, your population is diminishing. You're going to have Muslim babies because we're going to fuck your women. And we're going to kill your men because they're pussyfied. Do you think women like to see the men turn into beta males and that the women have to fucking take care of their ass? I can't even tell you how many motherfuckers I've seen who hook up with a chick like a Mitch Erland program and expect them to fucking cook them food and sit around. I mean, you see that with niggers. With niggers especially hook up with white girls, especially heavy set white girls and redheads. Doesn't matter if she's getting if she's getting disability or fucking welfare, whatever case may be. That nigga will pop his ass on the couch and say, "Bitch, you best go get my forty ounce in my blunt, bringing my shit." And at the same stroke, they'll fuck him up left. If they don't beat him up, they fuck him up left and right, and and just you know, of course, none of these bitches have protection anyways. Next thing you know, wind up pregnant with a nigga, so they're stuck with that shit. But, I mean, we see this happen way too much. But, see, I'm one of the voices that actually says that shit because I see it every fucking day. I saw it growing up. I saw it in the hoods I fucking run around, dude. And I've hung out in some pretty bad fucking neighborhoods around Dayton area, dude. Some shitholes. I mean, it's like, dude, even some of my hardcore fucking hood buddies, man, you go up and say, dude, what the fuck were you doing in Drexel, man? Are you fucking shitting me? I mean, dude, that's like fucking no man's land, man. I'm seriously, you just don't go there. Matter of fact, out here in Warren County somewhere, uh, there's a, a trailer park. I don't know what the fuck it's called, man, but it, it's like Crackville, okay? I drove through there once just to see what it was all about, and I was like, oh, my God, man. How could someone ever fucking live here and expect to have anything when it came back? I mean, seriously, I was like, man, there's a rangy-looking butt. The dudes from Deliverance or higher class than these motherfuckers. I mean, oh, God. I'm, I'm surprised he even had all the teeth, man. Shit, man. Chicklets for fucking teeth, man. I mean, I was like, what the fuck? Ooh, gross. It made Drexel look like fucking upper class neighborhood, man. Seriously. And like Springfield, dude, I go up there every now and then get hang out and go see some bands and stuff and this, that, and the other. But, dude, I've always got a 
uneasy feeling every time I'm up in Springfield, Ohio. Dude. It's just a fucking shithole. And I know guys that grew up there said, man, I hate that fucking town. And either they left or, unfortunately, they're stuck there, and they just couldn't get out for whatever reason, you know. Maybe it's like, oh, dude, dad died. I got the fucking house. I can't just let it go. It's my childhood home. Even the whole neighborhood's gone to shit. You could be the only white guy in the fucking block, you know. House I grew up in back in the day and shit, and my uncle died a couple years ago. The neighborhood's starting to go shit because all all the uh, all the um, all the uh, depression era people died off, and those are good folks too. But they're hardworking folks, and you got a lot of the baby boomers that are doing. But now they're starting to die off, and then either they can't keep the place, or the kids are like, "Oh, cool, our sales well, fair, can get the money," and then. Nobody rents it right away, so they either get some crackhead motherfuckers that fucking move in, or the niggers start moving in because they want to hurt and rent that motherfucker and get that money because they still got to pay property taxes. But then you go one street over, man, and it's like, dude, I don't even recognize that street. Niggers driving around, bumping their cars, and you can just smell the fucking weed everywhere you go, dude. I'm like, ah, damn, dude. What the fuck happened to this neighborhood? Yep. There goes the neighborhood. <laughs> Body count. So, I mean, seriously, that's the thing that really gets me, man, is that things are changing very quickly. And we got all these illegals coming in. Bobby Kennedy Jr. was down at the fucking border a couple weeks ago, dude, at 2.30 in the morning. And just where he was at, 78 motherfuckers came in, and he said probably at least 35% of them were not from Mexico and not Latino. They had Somalis, they had Afghanis, they had Chinese. I mean, it's like, whoa, dude, what the fuck? And he's standing right there on his phone shooting his video. And he says, look, they're going to get on this bus, and they're just going to disappear in the interior, and you'll probably never see him again. Yeah, they're giving a phone, and they're giving a card. You think they're going to hang on to that? Fuck no. What they'll do is if they don't squint and spend the card, they'll sell that to get cash which is fraudulent, they'll sell that to get cash, and then they'll sell the phone and go buy one of their own. Because so many places, so many cell phone places, especially run by camel jockeys, don't ask for ID, dude. Or you can go buy a burner phone and still hook up your own. Yo, S.A., I got in, homie. Why don't you come in there and we'll go send some fucking pop or send some fucking cook my way and I'll sell it, bitch. Did I know this shit and I talk the talk and, and, and let the shit out as they would say it? Oh, I'm fucking racist. But you can say anything you want and call me a snowman, fucking this, that, and the other, and I'm not supposed to fucking be able to react or even retaliate. But that was pretty good. So um, you see they're, they're, they're totally taking language away from us, and they're either destroying words or repurposing words in, con- in context and connotations that you cannot fucking use without offending somebody. Well, that is the – Planet of the Apes mentality, where they're taking the language from us. So by the time Taylor gets there in that time period, he's a normal fucking white man, but Nova isn't, okay? Basically grunts and, 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 and growls, and the apes are the ones that talk. He says, get your paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Holy shit, that fucking guy talks. What an anomaly, right? We can see just how just by generationally they're taking skills away from us. And they're taking our language away from us. And then when we do have a lot of slang and colloquialisms to help express ourselves, then they start putting articles out saying, oh, 
these are words that baby boomers use, or these are things that baby boomers like to do and that we need to stop doing those. Okay, so where's Black Lives Matter going up and say, hey, man, why are you coming up with all that jive? Why are you up there, jive turkey? Why you got to be talking about that shit? Yo, yo, it's popping, G. Just all those words I use there are all ebonics, right? They're all fucking black slang, okay? But now you're telling me, oh, you can't be using these words because they're of a certain era. Well, a lot of those are fucking urban fucking words, dude. So where's Black Lives Matter saying, hey, man, why are you you fucking picking on saying, oh, I can't sit on it? Oh, that because that's something from the 70s and 80s, especially from the black exploitation films? Oh, so now you tell me, even if I was black, that I can't use those words because they're of a certain era. You see what I'm saying? They're taking the power of words away from you. So eventually you can't say anything. So while I was running some stuff today, just starting to flip on 55K or C, and I hate Glenn Beck, but that was just so happened what was on, uh, he played a clip from a basketball player. Couldn't tell you who the fuck it is. Some black guy. I don't watch basketball. don't fucking care. But he was talking about, he says, here's the biggest problem these days when it comes to LGBTQ is that they have a rule book, can and cannot say. But you're not allowed to see it. You're not allowed to know what it is. So they always have a one-up on you. So you can't even – I mean, you even have an argument with somebody, and, and then you're, they're offended. They want to cancel you out. But you're like, hey, wait a minute. I, I don't know how to, what to even to fucking say to you. Or, hell, I could be a gay person. But yeah, I could say something to you, but now I get canceled out. So, for example, RuPaul, whose whole career has been a drag queen – is now getting canceled out by drag queens because he says certain things. Are you fucking kidding me? This is an example of the useful idiots that Lennon talked about, that basically these are the guys that will do your bidding because, they, again, they want to get eaten last. They want everyone else to get shot first, and they want to be the last ones to get shot, okay? But my biggest issue is is that they won't let you see the rule book. They don't tell you what the rules are, even if you are a complete sycophant and say, dude, I'm completely liberal. I am your biggest, best ally you could ever have, but I'm going to cancel me because I say certain words that you now deem are irredeemable, that you basically seem that I cannot say these words, and since I even said it in any context, the fact that I even used it in a sentence, okay, I get canceled out. That's how the left eats itself. So you saw with the fucking Dilma of anything in Bud Light, when he's up there bragging like, oh, yeah, it's like a defendant. It's looking like fucking Audrey Hepburn. And, hey. You know, like, hey, man, fuck that. You know, it's not only that, but you look at the cancer, ugly-ass picture of the motherfucker. It's not even a, a good representation of that faggot, okay? But it's like, nah, dude, that, that was the last straw. That's it. Now, this summer, they really pushed this pride shit way too fucking hard. They went to the max. And even a Bud Light lost their ass, and it's still not good enough. The brand must be destroyed. That's one I've been posting on all my social media. Anytime I show how bad the Bud Light thing is going for them and everything else, I'll say, I'll say it's not good enough. The brand must be destroyed. Hashtag boycott Budweiser. Uh, hashtag pride must die. Pride must die is my 
I coined that. Pride uppercase, muscle lowercase, dying uppercase. Okay, that's me. I coined that motherfucker. But my point is, is the fact that the only way these fuckers are going to learn is they're going to have to, you, you got to, what is it Ronald Reagan said? If they don't feel the heat, put their feet to the fire or something like that. So the bottom line is you have to realize that people are saying enough is enough. And while we still have the dollar, this is the last opportunity we have to say we don't want this shit. We're not going to take it. Yeah. Hell, they even canceled out B. Snyder because he was against the gender-affirming fuck, uh, 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 fucking surgeries because he backed up Paul Stanley and said, you know, if you want to do it as an adult, that's your business, okay? More power to you. But when it comes to kids, man, that's just fucked up. This is coming from a Jew. And then B. Snyder's have Jewish fucking uh, backed him up on that. Oh, we got to cancel you. And then the uh, some sort of gay private fucking event that he was supposed to be at was even on even going to show up in costume because Twisted Sister were drag queens because that was their motto. Man, play like motherfuckers. Twisted Sister, you know? Well, Twisted motherfucking sister as they do fully thing in their shows. But the point is, is that he got canceled. He got, they, they turned on him for, even though he's supportive of their shit, they turned on him for, they canceled him from fucking that event. And then um, it's even allowed them to use, uh, we're not going to take it. And then basically just screwed him. I said to scratch his head going, what the fuck? Because he's starting to realize, hey, baby boomer, you're not relevant anymore. You're a useful idiot. Matter of fact, he posted something. I had to go fucking ask a lesson on fucking Twitter. I don't know if you ever saw it, but I get like a four or five fucking posts on here. And why he was wrong on a certain particular historical point, and and I wonder if you read it. If not, that's his, that's his detriment. You know, just want to say, Parma say, Beast Snyder, I've been a fan of you for a long time, brother. I've seen your shows. I've I've loved Twisted Sister, but the more and more you keep opening your mouth about this fucking fag shit, dude, I'm I'm taking up my playlist, man. I took Motley Crue off my playlist when Tommy attacked fucking Trump supporters and Nikki backed him up on it. I was like, you know what? Fuck you, Motley Crue. First of all, you guys lied to us that that was going to be your last tour. Oh, no. The, the Dirt movie comes out, becomes huge hit. You got all these new fuckers that decide, hey, man, you know, uh, oh, Motley Crue, good shit, blah, 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 blah. Okay, right on. But then the next thing you know, it's like, Okay, uh, you know what? First of all, this can't sing with a shit. It's up 20 years ago. He's a fat fuck. That son of a he gets winded by the second song. He holds the mic out, has you sing the chorus. I think that's some fucked up shit. But that's how it is, man. And actually, I saw John Karabi recently opening up for uh, Winger and and, and uh, Tom Kiefer. And I honestly have to say, I had a little more respect for him than when I saw him five, six years ago. Because of, uh, you know, he's only playing the Motley Crue album that he played on. But there's a song by the screen called Father, Mother, Son that he's playing acoustically. I was like, wow, good song, man. And I knew of the scream because when I was on the radio, I actually got a copy of that. I didn't really listen to it, but, you know, like, yeah, okay, whatever. And uh, so when Nikki said he got John Karabi from the scream, I was like, oh, I, I know who they are. I've heard of them. You know, I wasn't familiar with their music, but the point was, I'm like, hey, you know. But my, my biggest point is that uh, 
they want to talk about canceling and shit, but these bands need to learn too, man. When you alienate your fans, man, especially that generation, hair metal is a unique fucking time period because of the fact that a lot of those songs, even though you hear guys who are just a little bit younger than me, you go, dude, I've listened to so much shit, it's okay, but a lot of the songs all sound the same to me. Well, some of them do, yes, and because a lot of the topic matters all about girls and party and everything else, right? But there's a lot of bands that actually sung some really good shit. And uh, the music was really rock solid, okay? So I like that. But my biggest issue is when you essentially attack half your fan base, like Motley Crue did, and they thought, oh, we're big now again, so we're going to go do big stadium tour. Yeah, they had a post party for almost two years, okay? And Poison fucking reaped it instead of Def Leppard. Not that they didn't really need it, but, hey, you know what? That was a big payday for them. You just geared, padded their retirement. They're going to be good now, okay? And, and I don't know why they picked Joe Jett as an opening act instead of Lita Ford. Joe Jett's not hair metal. Lita Ford is. I mean, I've, I've seen Lita, and, and I saw her last year, and I was actually impressed. Uh, you know, I don't think she, I don't think she's that good of a lead guitarist, though, but she's a good, good song arranger, great rock vocalist, but she's not that good of a lead guitar player, in my view, but that's just me, okay? But why didn't she open up the shows instead of Joan Jett? I mean, Joan Jett's not relevant. She has been relevant for like 20 years, you know? When's the last time she put out a record? I mean, terrible. She's terrible. But the only way these bands are going to learn is like, you know what? Fuck you. We're not going to show up at gigs, man. A lot of these bands are appreciative that the people still show up, whether they're solo or with the band, you know? I go to a Kip Winger show, dude. Place is packed. It may be a small venue, but it's still packed. Because we're longtime fans. Hey, we get a chance to finally meet Kip Winger or get to say hi to him again or finally get some shit signed, you know, or maybe the latest CD or go see the whole band where you may pay a few extra bucks for the VIP pass and get all your shit signed. Usually the limit, but, you know. But then other bands like Metal Church, they play their shows a little bit early. And then what they do is they take time out, go to their merch booth, and do meet and greets because that's how they're going to make money is by selling the merch. So my biggest thing is enjoy these bands, folks, because they're starting to disappear. And, and if one key, key member dies, a lot of these bands say, you know what, that's it. You know, Fleetwood Mac is pretty much done because once Christine Levy died, that was it. When she died last year, there is no more Fleetwood Mac. Even though 20 years ago she stopped with them and they still toured for uh, Say You Will album. So, and not only that, but when they did this last tour, um, God, I forgot his goddamn Lizzie Buckingham said, look, I can't do that whole fucking tour. You booked a nine-month tour. I could do maybe, maybe five, six months of it. I have other projects. So that's not going to work, man. You got to play the whole thing. And fired his ass and hired the uh, um, lead guitarist from Tom Petty's band, who's now unemployed because his, his Tom Petty died. But as long as Mick and, and Stevie are in the band, it could still be generally considered acceptable as Fleetwood Mac. Mick Fleetwood goes, that's it. There is no Fleetwood Mac. If Stevie goes, there is no Fleetwood Mac, even if Lindsay's in it. Okay? It, it just wasn't matter. She's one of the main vocalists. You've already lost one of the other main vocalists, so that's it. There is no Fleetwood Mac. And nobody can replace it. Okay? So make sure you go see these bands, dude. Because the bands that are up behind them suck. 
you know, some, some of the reasons why, like, Godsmack's still around and shit. They sound the same almost every record, really. They're consistent, what you're getting. But you're not going to see bands like that anymore. When Kiss hang up their boots at the end of the year, that's it. There's no more Kiss. Now, Kiss are like, oh, no, we're going to fucking have other people play our shit and fucking, in other words, you're going to have a fishy licensed tribute band. Okay, fuck all that, dude. With Paul, there is no Kiss. And preferably with Ace and Peter, it's fully Kiss. You know, and Ace. Ace is 73. So, and he, he I, I saw some video footage of him recently, man. He's not sounding that good. So, uh, I noticed when I saw him a couple years ago, I was a little disappointed. Of course, his longtime bass player was Freddie's comment, John Regan died. So, you know, when you start seeing your heroes drop off, man, like I said, and any of these guys could, could, can kill at any given time. But a guy is considered one of the greatest blues rock guitarists of all time. This was his last tour. He's 80s. He just, he's going to turn 87 years old, okay? He, he can't do the touring much. Anymore. He's going to do one last long tour, and then that's it. He might do a show here and there, but he's got his club in Chicago, whatever. But I got to see him one last time, and I was able to get down there and got footage of him coming up. So I was six feet away from Buddy. Great guitarist. Great guitarist. But he's literally one of the last of the great blues rock guitarists, man, of the legends. Muddy Waters, John Lee Hooker, all these black guys, they're gone, man. Stevie Ray Vaughan, gone. Jeff Healy, gone. You have some of the newer guys like Kenny Wayne Shepard. Of course, one of the new acts I got to see, uh, Allie Venable. She's rock solid. In fact, I should upload her song real quick and fucking play uh, off off of Heart of Fire. I may do that. Um, she was pretty good live. And then uh, I got to see her and uh, get my CD signed. Very approachable. And it's good. She's still, you know, she's had four albums out. You know, she's still um, still looking for a career that she can directly interact with people and uh, and build her fan base. And you can tell she's from Texas, man. She is a Texas girl through and through. <laughs> you can just tell. She's definitely Texas honey, let me tell you what. Woo! Uh, and her album is pretty rock solid. So, like I said, so actually, we're going to um, close tonight with tracks from her from the album Heart of Fire. We're going to do Use Me. And uh, so we'll, we'll close with that tonight. But like I said, you have to see these artists because they're all going away. A lot of them don't want to do the roads anymore. Some of them are, they just don't have the capacity to do it anymore because they're, they're worn out. Um, others have had a very long career and say, you know, we've done, we've done some shit for years. Good. We want to enjoy our golden years and do things we want to do. Like Lou Graham, he wants to enjoy working on cars. He doesn't want to be constantly in a touring cycle. I saw him a few years ago on the Kings of Chaos tour. His voice still sounds pretty good. But he said, I just don't want to start. Eddie Money. Eddie Money just died a couple years ago. You know? Two tickets to paradise. Give me some water. You know? Uh, gone. He, he's he's in a rock, rock stage in the sky, man. <laughs> so that's my point, is that we need to make sure that we see these people. But not, not just the musicians that we're talking about here. We need to make sure 
That again, speak up at your meetings. Go there and say, "Hey, man, there's things coming here. We need our we need our friends and neighbors to look out for each other." Be quite frankly, say, "Look, we as white people are now going to be the new minorities." Like the blacks were in the 1950s, they all looked out for each other until everybody got um, until Democrats got them all uppity, and then they decided to go for civil rights bullshit. And then the fabric of those laws destroyed this country, and we're feeling it today. Especially good old Teddy Kennedy and what the fuck he did. Fuck that guy. I hope he rots in hell. But I mean, uh, we need to say, look, especially as white folks, we need to start looking out for each other. Don't be afraid to use the word white. Get up in your goddamn face and say, I'm going to be very frank and plain with you, and I might even salt pepper it with a little bit of fucking shop talk, okay? As white people, we need to start looking out for each other because if we don't, we're going to go up that much faster. Okay? It's that simple. Have a video presentation like the video I uploaded on, on Telegram, the 10-minute thing. This is what's coming here. This is by design. This is the Kalorgi plan. They're using a cloud of pivot structure to collapse the welfare system so they can federalize it. This is why the left wants to defund the police so they can federalize the police force. That is essentially becomes the Stasi. Escape from New York, United States Force like an army is encamped around the prison. Okay? That's exactly what they're pushing for, which means they'll take orders straight from the fucking White House, and they're pushing more and more to have a Democratic majority, which means you're going to have a dictator-in-chief. You guys need to know what's coming. And those other voices out there, some that were, were Democrats that have left the party, like Tulsi Gabbard, listen to her. Many times she's spot on on what's coming. She's even spoken out against the anti-whiteism that's fucking prevalent in the Democrat Party. Okay, It's coming, boys and girls. Stop whispering it. Speak out. The mouths up. We're not British. We don't talk with a clenched jaw. You can not say every damn continent and then still try to shirt instead of military. It's military. No, we're Americans. Our, our mouths are designed to fucking shout, motherfucker. I mean, that's how we're supposed to do it. It's in our blood. It's music because of the fact that we speak our minds. Whether we're talking about this hot chick I just met on the last tour, or I got a political song saying, hey, I don't like the way things are going, or just simply stating like, hey, no, talking about the CIA. Testament talks about the CIA a lot, the drug wars and all those sh- and majority of that band's not even white. But we as white people need to stand up. We have to go to city council meetings. You have to go to county commission meetings. You need to go to your state houses. Find out how you can get some time to do presentations. Time it. Write a speech. Time how long it takes for you to know, to speak. Okay? You can keep it under three minutes. You can do most of three minutes at a lot of these fucking meetings, school board meetings, city council meetings, whatever. If you have an actual uh, uh, time thing, you come in, sometimes they give you five minutes. Sometimes they give you up to 15 minutes. If you actually go in and, and file for a time to speak at a meeting and say I have a presentation and you explain exactly how long it will take and what tools you need, like, hey, I need to be able to get a projector, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of times you go to the city council and they have that or you got to bring in shit, okay? But the bottom line is have a presentation. If you don't know how to use – um, oh shit! It's the name of that fucking that program. But I don't actually use it, but I, I oftentimes show video clips of things. So when I talk, when I do presentations, um, that's the name of that goddamn program. Anyways, the um, PowerPoint, PowerPoint. So 
do a PowerPoint presentation because you can put audio clips in there, you can do all sorts of stuff, all that shit. So, again, these are things that matter. Learn how to use the fucking technology to your advantage and stay quite frankly, you know. And I, I told my constituents this. I'm proud of white and I'm pagan, okay, but I will never compromise my white base on any fucking issue ever. If it's good for white people, I'm for it. If it's bad for white people, I'm totally against it and will fucking rally to stop it altogether. Now, that does not mean that I'd say, okay, because I, I'm pro-white, it doesn't mean if I have a Hispanic lady that fucking lives in my area or I got a black lady or I got an Indian lady or whatever the case might be. Look, I still treat you respect as a human being, but I'm not going to compromise my people because you think you're going to get an advantage. If anything, white lives matter most because of the fact that if there are no white people, motherfucker, there's no one to parasite off of. And we're the, we're the builders. Look how much we've built Rome, the Renaissance, and the whole new world in two, over 2,000 years. In 5,000 years, white people have fucking created entire kingdoms, empires, and, and conquered the fucking world. You don't see Chinamen or Japanese going on junks and exploring the world. I have not heard of any Asian explorer that ever left the shores and went to go fucking fight. Oh, I want to go see the world's round. No, motherfucker, Magellan did it. Christopher Columbus, Galileo. These are the guys that actually theorized it or actually did it, okay? It's circumvented the fucking globe, right? You don't see Asian motherfuckers do that, and they got higher IQ than we do. Jews have higher IQ because of the fact that they're masters of deception. They have to have the masters of illusion because of the spawn of Satan, okay? They have to fucking be intelligent learn how to be uh, to be dishonest. Can't even grow a fucking tomato plant if you give it to them. It'll die. That's why Jews have always been shepherds and never farmers. If you want to compare shit to the Bible, what do you see? You never see Jews farming. They're always shepherds because they're nomadic. And since they don't truly have a homeland of their own, supposedly, they go and invade everybody else's fucking homelands and then parasite off their shit. Control the money shit, and then they boom and bust crashes, and then they go buy up your shit. You spent the time, research, and development of a product, then all of a sudden the economy goes to shit, and you sell it to them, boom, they just took your shit. They probably gave you pennies on a dollar, what it's worth. I wouldn't doubt finding out some of these uh, cola places. The guy that came up with Coca-Cola was some retired was uh, I do believe was major or colonel in the Confederate Army who uh, uh, came up with this shit or something like that, um, or who bought it off of somebody and tried to market it. Didn't do too well. Someone else came along, got it, tweaked it, and fucking boom, Coca-Cola is born. The largest fucking you know, name brand fucking soft drink in the world. To the point where even Southerners call all soft drinks Coke, even though everything else is not a Coke. You know, East Coast is fucking it's a soda. Here in the Midwest, we call it pop, or sometimes soda pop. But, and again, just regional dialects, you know, regional dialects matter, man. <laughs> but my point is, that, boys and girls, you need to make sure you know who you're dealing with. You need to find who you're your friends are as well as your enemies because they'll be the first ones to turn you in when shit's a fan, especially when the lights go out. Make sure you got plenty of storable foods. Don't tell anybody what you have unless, except for those that are the ones that are actually 
and that you trust. You have to ask yourself this very simple question. Someone you want to talk to information, can you trust them with your life? Do you trust them with the lives of your children? If the answer is no to either one of those questions, then don't tell them shit. If the answer is yes to any of those questions, then evaluate and make sure how far you can trust them. There's some that say, yeah, I'll do it and, and do it to a point. I only take it to this level, okay, because not one's picking their neck out all the way. Others, man, it got you back no matter what. So like I said, we need to make sure you have a plan in place. Speak up at the fucking meeting. Say, hey, shit's coming. These fuckers are going to start invading us, and they're going to use our own laws against us, such as equal housing opportunity, equal opportunity employer, all this shit. They're going to use all that against I've talked about the show many times where basically you have, um, again, let's say someone wants to do something like a long burger and they want to make baskets and they just want to have a little side business where stay-at-home Catholic moms make a few extra bucks, right? It starts becoming popular like like long burger and, and they start making a, a name for themselves and they've got like, you know, let's say 18 employees that are basically stay-at-home Catholic moms. And, uh, it's an opportunity for them to work a little bit and earn some money for the families because obviously Catholics, you know, they broke control, so they're supposed to be at home breeding, you know. But my point is, is all of a sudden you go, oh, wait a minute, oh, oh, um, you don't have any Jews in your fucking thing. You don't have any Muslims or you don't have any blacks. But, dude, this is specifically for fucking Catholics and, and people in our neighborhood. Well, it doesn't matter. You need to have a color quotient. You have to have Jews. Fucker. But then they use these laws and say you have to have these things. And that's because nobody sits up and says, no, I'm not going to hire these motherfuckers. I will shut the business down before I am forced to hire a fucking Jew or hire a fucking nigger or hire a Protestant, okay? People need to start going back and say there are just lines we don't cross in sand. Be a, be a Wayne Barrett Travis, man. Draw a line in fucking sand and say you either here or you're, you're, or, or you're gone. It's that simple. You know, family members have had to do that. Hey, man, are you with me on this issue or not? When you when you let politics divide you, then – and, again, I saw I saw a thing on uh, Getter today. So, like, well, some of my long-time – I have three long-time friends that are all Democrats, basically said I voted wrong, this, that, and the other, and basically um, they don't talk to me anymore. But, you know what? Fuck them. They were never your friends. Because if they let politics divide your fucking friendship and, and, and their loyalty, they were never your friends. They were your buddies, a long-term associates, okay? If they let Joe Biden fucking decide whether you're worthy or not to hang on, fuck them, dude. Then let them know, hey, man, when they go knock on your door, say, sorry, dude. I don't know you, man. Fuck off. And, I, I, hey, I've had a long time for my, my best friend before he committed suicide. He he did some shit that I didn't approve of, and I just he come to the door one day and I said, I'm, I'm done with you, dude. Close the fucking door. I didn't speak to him for the time. I spoke to him maybe once or twice on the phone after that, and I, I bumped into him at the mall. And then about a year or so later, I heard he, you know, my other good friend called and said he committed suicide. And the funniest thing was is that a week before it happened, I just had this gut feeling I need to go bury the hatchet with him. I could feel his pain, man, because we shared blood. 
we actually cut each other's hands, man. Like Blood on Blood in the Bon Jovi song. That's exactly how it was, man. I sensed it. I felt I needed to go bury the hatchet with it. I have very few regrets in the world, ladies and gentlemen. That's one of them. I felt that if I was there for him, because his marriage was falling apart, she was taking the kids back to, to, to Florida or whatever, and he just couldn't handle that. Instead of being strong, he went out like a wuss, okay? But I failed that if I had fucking followed up on that gut feeling, he still would have been here today, or at least held off fucking doing something stupid. And the worst part of it is, man, his dad had to go find him and find his firstborn son fucking hanging from a rafter in the basement, man. Oh, I, I couldn't imagine what that's like. That's got to be horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. And it fucked up his younger brother. They were never close. But when you, know, when, you when your big brother fucking goes out like that, it, it fucks you up psychologically, you know? Oh, man, big brother fucking, oh. And he was never quite the same, dude. Matter of fact, I think he was in the Navy. And he got a, he got a, out on a Section 8 because it flapjacked in psychologically, dude. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of fucked up. But, you know, some people just don't have a weaker constitution. You know, others are like, you know what? They learn from said, Sorry my big brother went out like that, but I ain't going to go out like a punk. You know, it, you, you take the positive from that and say, fuck you, dude. I'm not going out like my big bro. But like I said, you need to speak up now because they are trying to push hate laws so you can't even speak, but you can't even say words, you know? If you want to jam Pantera's mouth for war, that's fucking great, dude. Listen to the lyrics. Put your mouth for the war. Use it for what it's for. Speak the truth about me. Determine. I mean, seriously, dude, some good stuff there. But um, my point is speak up now because tomorrow is too late. It's too fucking late. The shit is running loose now. And make sure you have a head on a swivel. Don't pick them, you know, ladies, don't leave your purse on a goddamn uh, shopping cart anymore. You know, I have people from South Africa who said that when they first came here, they're absolutely horrified that women actually leave their fucking purses in a shopping cart. Where there, they wear it like a satchel. It's over the shoulder, dude, and in between the tits, you know, and they got a hand firmly planted on the fucking bottom of that goddamn strap, okay? I mean, it doesn't leave their fucking hands. It was a death grip because they know any, any of the time some motherfucker can eat it, all right? So they're just totally shocked at how fucking aloof we are here. We can't be having that anymore. A lot of these motherfuckers that are coming up are gangbangers, dude, or just outright criminals. And they're always looking for a sucker like you. Ladies, make sure you know how to use a weapon. Make sure you know you use a knife. Get a pepper spray. Just make sure it's legal. Because sometimes you use a bear spray, like what happened to the fucking uh, at Charlotte's, dude. You're the one who goes to jail, okay? So you need to make sure because they're using our own laws against us. So you need to make sure you learn how to fucking speak out. You need to go and learn how to defend yourself and, and practice with the shit. Now, they've got pistols out there that actually shoot pellets that actually have um, all sorts of chemicals in them to really fuck up an attacker, okay? Um, i got to look up the brand name of this one. I saw it. It's pretty cool. It looks, especially if you get the black one, it looks like a fucking forty-five pistol, okay? But the aperture is a lot bigger because it shoots out this ball, and, and, and a guy, an actual professional uh, gun trainer, had actually tested it out. He said it's pretty fucking accurate. 90% of the time, and he tried it at three different fucking ranges. 
He tried at 10 foot, 20 foot, and, and uh, uh, 50 foot, and it started. The percentage started to vary more as he got farther away. But he says if you shoot a little bit higher, um, you, you're more likely to hit the targets. So you got to take into account the arc. But the point was, he says effective, and that shit does fucking. He said he actually um, took a little bit and tried it, and he said, man, just a slight, just the fact it was on my hands. And just smelling it, he's like, wow, man, it really, it, gave, it made his eyes water. It's almost like tear gas, okay? If you're actually shooting a motherfucker with the actual fucking pellet that's got the chemicals in there, that fucker's dropping to his knees, dude, and he's crying like a bitch because he's not going to be getting back up. So, ladies, you need to make sure you learn how to fucking protect yourself. That being said, we're featuring a new program here on Resolution Radio. We've backtracked it to approximately uh, when... The program originally aired on its network, um, so we downloaded it, and, and features called uh, Firearm Trainers Podcast, featuring Ron Beckman. I saw him recently with the uh, USCCA. Very impressed. He sounds, he sounds and looks a lot like John Goodman. Uh, he really does. Um, I definitely encourage you to check that out because um, the first episode, which was featured, and I backdated it to March, uh, so it's the Firearm Trainers Podcast for March the 12th. Uh, it's called Modern Gun Culture. Uh, this would take a longer one. Uh, the chick that's on actually um, uh, covers this stuff. So Ashley Labinsky um, talks about uh, modern gun culture. And um, this is about a little over an hour long. And she goes over a, a, a lot of the history of firearms and rifles all the way up from uh, when they came out almost 700 years ago in the 1400s to now. So it's like, holy shit. So uh, I think you'll find a lot of her information on there. It would be very interesting, especially going into the Civil War, World War I, World War II, and, of course, uh, even talking about um, some of the left and how a lot of women were being told how to use self-defense back in the 70s. You know, even a flyer she saw from 1975 was very accurate on how to how – to, uh, Position yourself, you know, some other stuff. You need to make sure, you know, because I tell you, and a lot of white women will, will tell you this secretly if they're afraid to say publicly, but a white woman's greatest fear is being raped by a nigger. And because uh, a lot of times niggers have AIDS or some other cornucopia of STDs so they fuck anything on two legs. But the bottom line is this. You need to make sure you know how to use firearms and make sure you protect yourself. Don't ever get in a situation where you lose the right and privilege of firearms. Me personally, unless you've committed a, a crime with a gun, you should never have your guns taken from you. But unfortunately, there are a lot of laws out there that, that actually go against that. I mean, basically, any type of gun control or fucking gun forfeiture law, such as if you have any type of domestic violence or uh, child shit, whatever, okay, uh, is unconstitutional because it says it should not be infringed. You know? Unless I've actually committed robbery, or, or try to actually threaten to kill somebody or, or pistol whip somebody or something, if I have never used a gun to actually go after somebody and get them out of non-self-defense, then I should never have my guns taken away because I didn't use it for a crime or a potential crime. So, and, and again, you don't want to make stupid decisions when you're fucking 18, 19, 20, and not be able to have the ability to defend yourself when you're 30, 40, and 50. You see what I'm saying? So, again, you need to make sure that you know how to use this shit. If you have kids, 
You know, traditionally, you always do. About eight years old, you can legally start having shift firearms. You, you can do it younger if you want, but start showing them how to use bow and arrows. Start getting BB guns and learn how to use hand and, hand and eye coordination. Get some crossbows. Then get them out in some small caliber weapons. Give them a 22. Give them a 38. Give them a 9. You know, get, let's have them go out there and start shooting shit. Start shooting cans. Start shooting targets. They're start using fucking long rifles, you know, and repeaters. They get them to start using the AR-15s, whatever it takes, and always teach them absolute safety. Always make sure your finger's off the trigger. Always make sure your safety is on, and the gun is always facing down unless uh, unless you're like a double barrel shotgun. You've always got it cocked open and hung over your shoulder. You've got to learn the basic gun safety, and you better learn the basic principles of wanting to use a gun on somebody because if you don't, you're the criminal now, and you're the one going to jail. You know, you're the one that stopped a potential fucking mass murder. We've seen it too many times that a citizen tries to stop something, and now he is the criminal uh, because the the actual assailant isn't there to uh, affirm that he was a serious threat. You know what I'm saying? So that's a problem. But you need to learn that. But go check out that podcast. We had three of them in a row that I loaded up. Uh, so you go to 312 here on resolutionrdo.com. You can also go for 319. Got feedback from a new shooter. That was a very good episode. Uh, this is all from uh, season five and the current episode. So I, I backdated to this particular season because I thought a lot of the topic matters that they covered in season were really good. Um, three, 326, you have Hand to Game, which is a program. And then the latest is uh, April 2nd. Continuing education um, with uh, that particular place to talk with uh, Brian Estridge about areas where instructors should seek additional education. So good, good stuff there to start off. So we have three programs. We have another that we're going to be adding um, from Buckeye Firearms Association soon. Um, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's Keep and Bear. So I've been listening to some of the episodes so I can uh, really evaluate them before I, I – um, syndicate them on here, but uh, the gun show will be on Sundays, uh, so we're moving Kate Daly's show to Tuesday with the Jay, Dyer, uh, Jay Dyer show. Um, also updated, uh, we got some Nordic Frontier coming back. Some of the episodes were fucked up. Everyone downloaded them. They, the, the, the levels weren't right, and they're flatlined. Whatever reason, I got all of our address and said, hey, man, I don't think some of the stuff that you loaded is, is working right. Um, if not, we need to figure out there's a uh, there's an issue. I'm actually going to have Andreas on again soon because, in fact, I really enjoy his uh, his podcast. But uh, but yeah, check out a lot of his programs. If you go to Telegram on Resolution Radio, uh, all four episodes are back to back listed on here. You go check it out yourself. So, like I said, some good stuff there. Okay, so again, go to your city council meetings. Go to your uh, county commission meetings. Now, the problem is a lot of county commission meetings are during the day. I think they do that on fucking purpose because they're too fucking lazy to fucking have public sessions um, for people when they get off their job to come and, and listen, okay? Some of them have some evening things if they have a hot button issue or whatever, but for the most part, I see like Warren County, they're only fucking shit during the day. So you have to take off of work, pitch a bitch about something, or even listen. But you can also find this stuff on cable access. You can, if you don't have cable, you can find local cable channels online, such as the um, oh shit, the uh, there's a cable council up here I used to go to all the time. Um, 
just look up cable access for whatever your town or county is, or sometimes they'll have a link on their, their website and say you can watch our, um, our meetings here on this channel, or here's a link specifically, so that's like a live minute of what's going on with uh, their agenda. So you need to bone up on some episodes so you can actually go and say, hey, per, per your meeting three weeks ago, I saw it on video. I want to bring up a, a rebuttal to this issue. You've got to get into the fucking fray, man. Voting is not enough. You have to be an active participant in the government process. Otherwise, you have good people that eventually get sidelined. If they don't get any information, they're just kind of, kind of going what they, what they want to do, whether they're going for a good or a bad reason, and then um, they think nobody cares. And that's why so many fuckers keep getting elected over and over and over again because nobody holds into account. You know? It's like, why, why is Agent Brood still the mayor of fucking Springboro? That motherfucker's old. He's got to go, man. We need some fresh blood in that motherfucker. So, like I said, these guys, you got to fucking – they got to have term limits in some of these mayors and shit, dude, I'm telling you, because they're just really – some of these guys, and it's sad because you get a good one, then you get a bunch of bad ones. That is fucking sucks. really sucks. But you got to know that shit's coming. Say, look, we as black people need to start looking out for each other. We have to constantly be on alert. Always look around. When you're standing there uh, uh, at a bar, you're standing there at a, at a lunch counter, whatever the case may be, don't just sit there and keep your fucking face in the goddamn phone like, oh, cool, go see some Facebook while I'm waiting on my sandwich. Nah, motherfucker, take a minute and just kind of look around, you know? Someone like my stepdad, for example, he would always sit there and just chit-chat people online, man. You know, he's got a good sense of humor. He could just kind of make a quip about something there and just blah, 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 blah. You'd be surprised how much information you get from people just talking to in a fucking food line, you know, or in a fucking grocery, grocery line. Talk to people, man. Don't be afraid to engage. You know, you sit in the movie theater before the movie comes on, you see some, hey, you know, ha-ha, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, you might strike up a friendship with somebody. Point is, you know, and there's some people I know that just wave everybody that fucking drives by just because that's who they are. But they do that because they're kind of letting know that, hey, I see you. So you need to make sure that you're the dad with your kids and let them know that you look around, you look at them. Someone looks kind of shady and they're kind of looking your way, and you know they're looking at your fucking kids, especially if you've got girls, look at them. And you look at them like, yeah, motherfucker, you looking at my kids? I think so. And then, you know, some guys just have a way. They want to be a little masculine and maybe flex a little bit or just kind of look at a guy, crack his knuckles, you know, like, dude. Or like my buddy, he can just look at you and his vision just says target acquired. Like, yeah, motherfucker, don't even think about it because you're just looking for an excuse, okay? Convicted pedophiles often say they will not go after a kid because of the fact that dad is a threat. Be a threat. Be in their lives. You know? You can make sure that, you know, especially if you're not with that person anymore, when you go there and you're with your fucking kids and, and the new boyfriend shows up, your hand out says, oh, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm dad. You know? And you give them a good style of grip and you look them dead in the eye and say, that's right, motherfucker, these are my kids. That's how you got to do it, man. You got to automatically fucking have a territory piss and say, these are my fucking kids, dude. And I know people are just straight up like, dude, I don't give a fuck what you do with her. 
but you even look at my kids twice, motherfucker, you're in a world of hurt. Because the ex is going to do whatever she wants to do. That's why I do there. Just hope she has enough fucking decency not to do it in front of the kids or when the kids are around, you know. Some kids decide no scruples. They don't give a fuck. They'll screw anything. But the point is, you need to let them know that, hey, I'm dad. I will be watching. And I hear even the slightest hiccup, I'm looking for you. Make sure next time that he comes over, you're standing there in that porch step waiting on that motherfucker like, yeah, dude. My kid told me you fucking did this, or you put your hand on my fucking kid. You have to fucking assert yourself as a father, because if not, when when your kid starts acting weird all of a sudden, and you finally find out something happened after the fact, oh, dude, that's when it gets nasty, because now it's personal, because now it's a father's revenge. That's why anytime there's a sick situation and a guy actually fucking gets convicted, I think you should get allowed the father five minutes of that motherfucker in a cell. Give me five minutes with him before you ship him off. Now, I don't care if they're alive, traumatized, or dead. I want five minutes of that motherfucker. I want some closure. And if I can close that motherfucker up into a casket, I will. And say the taxpayers a shitload of money. Seriously, man. I know some guys, dude. They don't look like much. If you fuck with their kids, you're going to see a Tasmanian devil on your fucking ass. And that's otherwise, it's going to be like Horror Terrio from Twisted Sister's Stay Hungry album when Street Justice, they go after Captain Howdy, okay? Dee Steiner actually made the movie Strangeland based on that fucking song. Supposedly he filmed the second one, but I never saw it. I don't think it ever came out. But the, what you need to make sure is when sick motherfuckers do stuff like that, whether Jimmy Seville or whatever the case may be, you need to hunt this fucker down, dude. Especially if they let them off on a three-drink lunch on a technicality, like in the song says. Nah, dude. It game's over, dude. <laughs> and if you don't have a mob, I'm sorry. If, if the justice system didn't do its job or they, they just become outright injustice, like letting all these criminals go free, they could go and assault your kid and, and get off with a fucking fine? Nah, dude. Mm-mm. Like, if you got a daughter and some motherfucker, some other kid or some motherfucker did something to your fucking daughter, you know what to do. You're going to make that guy a fucking eunuch. Because you're going to make sure, gonna, dude, I'm going to make sure you shit and live. We need to get that fucking attitude back. Like I mentioned before, you park in front of my house on the weekend, I'll make sure you don't leave, motherfucker. First of all, I'll box you in. So you're going to have to ask me to fucking move my shit. And I'm going to tell you, you ever park in front of my house again, motherfucker? It's game on. Or I'll make sure that car never fucking leaves. Or better yet, I will have it moved. You know? I know a guy fucking, I've been talking here many times. Guy parked the end of his fucking car in the edge of the driveway. Guy come out there and say, hey, man, I need you to move your vehicle. He's blocking my driveway. Yeah, yeah, whatever, dude. I'll, I'll move when I leave. No, dude, you need to move it now. Because I'm not going to sit there and try to skirt around your fucking car blocking my driveway. No, man, I'm going to get you again. Dude, I've asked you once. Move your fucking car. No, man, I'll get you when I get you. Right on, dude. Right on. Gets in the fucking truck. Fires that bitch up. Do it. Fuck reverse. Choked on the gas. Bam! Blasted that fucking car that ass in screw all the way across the street. The guys come out there screaming like a bitch. What did you do to my fucking car? I, said, I moved your fucking car, bitch. You wouldn't move it? I moved it for you. And, and, and what's he going to do? 
Oh, you're going to cry and call the cops? You're going to be a little bitch? Dude, you had two fucking times. First time, shame on you. Next time, shame on me, okay? That's just how it is, man. We need to go back to that old school mentality. And I know all you motherfuckers near my fucking generation knows what that means. If you grew up in the hood, man, that shit just don't fly. We need to get back to that fucking mentality. And we need to start making sure our elected officials are held accountable. Call them out. You know? My biggest issue, a lot of these judges that run for office, they list the fucking courthouses, their fucking address when they vote. Nah, bitch. Nah, you better fucking be putting your fucking address on there. That way I know where the fuck you're at and I can go, hey, man, you're going to go fucking judge on this shit? Because you know the left does it. They dox these fuckers all the time. We can be respectful. I'll stand on the sidewalk. But the bottom line is I have every right to say, hey, dude, I don't approve what you're doing. And you better be fucking making the right decision or there's going to be consequences. And there needs to be consequences. You always hear stories about a cop where basically an old case came back on him and shit. Where a guy got busted and he's like, dude, when I get out of here, I'm going to pay that motherfucker a visit. Because some, some of these cops do take it over the line, dude. They'll go fabricate evidence, do all sorts of shit. Okay? I was like, that guy's going to get his fucking comeuppance when I get out. And, and when I hear some cop fucking got shot on the side of town or this, that, and the other, I'm like, dude, he probably had a comment to him. He either got careless or he got fucking uh, his covers blown or he got it, he got his comeuppance, man. Because honest cops don't fuck people. He, even if the guy's a fucking dipshit, okay, he knows the cops is doing his fucking job, all right? But there's some cops out there who love that that of power. It's kind of like, kind of like fucking. Uh, it's kind of like Christopher Walken in a pilot, in, in a prophecy, right? We're like, yeah, oh, man, look at this monkey. I love this monkey, man. I just look at him. Let's see how he lays down to it. Yeah, I love this monkey. He's he's sitting there like perched up on the fucking headstone like a fucking gargoyle. <laughs> That's a badass movie, dude. But yeah, just some fucking crazy shit like that. But the thing is. These guys, and it doesn't matter if one particular party favor or another. I've seen in Warren County's majority Republicans in there, but the same structure, dude, a lot of them are rhinos. And then the court system's also under Republican named judgeships. They have Democrat fucking magistrates. What? Are you fucking kidding me? So, I mean, that's just in this county. I've seen in fucking Montgomery County, it's worse. But yet there's things that they'll, they'll, they'll slide in Warren County, like I had, I had an ex-girlfriend of mine whose ex-husband just wanted to be a dick because she divorced his ass, okay, and really caused havoc to their kids. Get away with shit left and right in this county where I told her that shit would never fly in Montgomery County. And Dayton, he tried to pull that shit. They did put him in contempt of court, man. They didn't have his shit confiscated, and he would be in fucking jail, dude. I'm telling you, that shit don't fly in a lot of courts in Montgomery County, dude. They are motherfuckers. But they let shit slide down here. And I'm kind of like, whoa, what the fuck? Just because the guy's got a little bit of money? Nah, dude. That shit ain't going to fly. But, you know, again, it is what it is. So, like I said, speak up even if you're shouted down. And those people that kind of boo you and this, that, and the other, you just keep on raising that voice, get a little louder, be adamant. Don't let that shit go because you know what's going to happen? When that shit comes, they're going to remember you, motherfuckers. I can't even tell you how many times I've been vetted. Over and over and over again. It could be a year, it could be three years, it could be five years from now that I've had people come and say, dude, you were talking about this back then, and I thought you were a fucking Fruit Loop. 
now I see what the fuck you're talking about. You know, I go, yeah, I may not have been able to express it as clear as I wanted to, but at least I fucking at least made the effort. I mean, I got chastised all the time. Oh, Sonny Thomas talking about this shit. What the hell? Oh, fuck him, man. Fuck that motherfucker. Yeah, now they're going up and saying, uh, dude, um, I know what you're saying. Oh, you're the one of the ones that fucking, right? But now you come to me and ask for advice. <laughs> Bye. So, I mean, seriously, everybody has an aha moment. Everybody has a, a salt from Damascus moment where they get, can finally get converted. I mean, there is always an opportunity. Every time people listen to a broadcast of something, and again, it could be Alex Jones. I've heard Jones and Ron Paul talk about they're all for legalization of drugs, and 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 this and I go, dude, I don't want my coworker getting high next to me, dude. I'm not cool with that, okay? But like Paul says, dude, if they legalize heroin, I don't think people are gonna be out there fucking shooting up heroin on the job. It's because they're told they can't do it. So it's, a, it's an automatic thrill. Hey, dude, I'm going to pop a pain. I'm going to go chase a dragon. A lot of people, if it was legal, probably wouldn't do it. Because some people have the thrill of breaking the law. Breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's why you see a lot of these bands always promote fucking pot and all this other shit. And either they're actually using it or they have pot leaves and all their iconography and all their fucking swag and all that shit, blah, 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 blah. I mean, whether it's Cypress Hill, whether it's Pantera, whatever case may be, that they're like, yeah, man. But, you know, again, some people just do it because of the fact that you tell them they can't have it. It's an actual human condition. You always want it when you can't have it. So, again, you better enjoy having the right to speak now because it's it's going to disappear. You have the right to say, no, I don't like fucking Bud Light fucking promoting queer shit. I'm not going to buy the products. And I'm going to tell others not to buy it, okay? Do it now because tomorrow is too late because the numbers are running against us, ladies and gentlemen. And then you got Muslim groups coming here having four, five, six, seven wives, four, five, six, seven, eight children apiece. Mathematically, you cannot compete. Hamiltrap, Michigan is completely run by Muslims, dude. Minneapolis is run by Somali Muslims. So, again... If a major city is gone like that, what's to stop your town? What's to stop Dayton to turn into fucking Dayton Stan or whatever? Or where Cincinnati becomes Cincinnati Stan or whatever the case may be, okay? Or just become an outright fucking, yo, yo, man, I'm in the netty, motherfucker. It turns into a fucking black ghetto. Dayton is the west side of town, dude. Those fuckers are all coming to the east side now. Now they're starting to bleed in the Kettering. They're all starting to slowly bleed into Centerville. All over the place. Warren Baylor of the National Justice Party did an excellent speech back in February talking about the great migration as in the great replacement of workers. During World War II, while the men were fighting overseas in one direction or another, a lot of the blacks were basically forced to come into cities and take those jobs. Rosie's River can only do so much, then they start bringing blacks in. And they were forced integrating them into unions and things like that. That was an issue. There were some unions that said, hey, man, we got two black guys going to come here. They're like, fuck no, dude. We're not having those niggers in the fucking line. No fucking way. And they and they, they went on strike. So we're not taking these motherfuckers. We don't want them. They take up the housing like it is. There goes the neighborhood. Housing values go down. They bring all the buddies in, all the families. And then next thing you know, they're parking up all your fucking streets again. 
Sometimes you got to go in that big-ass ghetto nigger, hey, motherfucker, yo, I'll park up on your house, bitch. Nah, dude, you want to keep that car, nigger, you get that fuck out of my goddamn parking space because it won't be there and you come back out. And it has a fucker tote. Find some way to say, hey, man, there's drugs in here or something. Have the cops go and fucking investigate it. And if they do find something, because there probably is something in there, probably a roach or whatever, hell, it could be a fucking clip. A nigger gets arrested and then his car gets a pound of cool. I got a taxpayer provided fucking tow service. Bye bye, homie. So like I said, you got to start saying, dude, we don't want you motherfuckers in our neighborhood. We don't want that shit in here. And it's sad because there's some black folks that are cool, man, but there's a difference between black folks and niggers. But I've seen a lot of black folks have a lot of niggers in their family. When they come over for that barbecue or that family reunion where they have everyone's got T-shirts made up for the, the Washington or the, the Jefferson or the Thompson family reunion. Oh, jeez. I see it all the time, dude. Like I said, I was never raised to be racist, man. But when I actually started going to public school and, and dealing with blacks, motherfucker, you talk about a totally different fucking species, man. They're different from us, man, and not for the better. And this is back in the 80s when they had jerry curl fucking shit and that grease is all over the goddamn place and they're wearing fucking shower caps in their fucking head. To this day, dude, anytime I get on any type of a school bus and I got to grab the, 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 the benches to pull my stuff up, probably my hand's going to fly off because there was jerry curl grease all over the top of the goddamn seats. God damn it, that shit smells. So glad that fucking fashion went out of fucking style, dude. But you know what I'm saying? They're just fucking different from us, man. It's not bad. It's not for the better. It's not for the better. And then the folks that actually go up and and then the thing that gets me the most is most of these black entertainers, ninety five percent of their fucking audience are white. Then you get motherfuckers like Jamie Foxx and Samuel Jackson say, "I fucking hate white people." Red Fox, I hate white people. Yeah, who do you think watched Sanford and Son, nigger? White folks. Sure was it wasn't black folks watching your shit. It was white people. Hey man, I love watching Sanford stuff. I thought it was funny as shit. Same with the Jeffersons and, and uh uh oh god, what was that what was the one show? God, what's the one that had uh uh hang on. What's happening? What's happening was a cool show. And then ten years later did what's happening now where uh 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 the brother and sister were growing up. That was pretty cool. The rerun and all those, it was some funny-ass shit, man. And again, and then my biggest thing is when you hear some of these black actors go up and say, you know, I hate white people, it's like, motherfucker, we made you a star. You know, I'm a big fan of Earth, Wind, and Fire. When I saw them pushing for Obama and play at the White House, and even to this day, Verdine White, who has a, a lot of a, a appreciation as a bass player, wears his Obama logos on his fucking jeans. Okay, and then still wears them after the fuckers at an office on stage. I'm like, really, motherfucker? I said, you really showed us just how black you really are, nigger. Is it's like, dude, they totally destroyed all that work they've done for 50 years because you really see how they are. Somebody go, well, somebody says anything about you, son. I don't give a fuck what you think. You know, that's my opinion. I'm just one. That's just one man's opinion. You could agree with me or disagree with me. I don't give a fuck what you do. But the bottom line is you need to fucking realize that when these entertainers come out there and want to be stars and they go against the main fan base, there's something fucking wrong there. Even I see talked about all oh, you diss your fans because you think you're a star. That attitude is rude. You won't get far. So, I mean, you know, 
I think that was on the iceberg album, actually, if I remember correctly. I don't think it was on power. I think it was on iceberg. But the point is, I want to make sure that you guys appreciate your fan base, just like these hair metal bands I was telling you about. They're glad that we still show up at their gigs every fucking day. They can still make a living off of us. And the majority of the folks that show up are white. But in some of these artists, I think, are a little past the prime. I mean, Tom Kiefer had issues his voice 20 years ago. I think his voice is starting to fucking, his age is starting to get to him now. So he sounds like dog shit. You know, I still love Cinderella song, especially from the first album. But that band just isn't Cinderella, dude. Really, that just. <laughs> and when I bought the Rise album, I was really disappointed. I was like, wow. There was a one good song in that album I liked, dude. Winger, you know, even their new Winger album was a little disappointed in. There's a couple songs on there that are okay. But it, it's nothing like fucking Better Days Coming or Karma. I think Karma's their masterpiece. So, again, <sighs> seriously, um, these guys are appreciative that we still show up at their gigs. And my thing is, when I go see a band, I wear the oldest fucking shirt I've got of that band to show that I've been a fan for a while. So that's my thing. All right, so we're going to close out tonight. Uh, I had some callers that, that were on the um, in the queue. Um, I appreciate you calling in. Call back next week because uh, actually I'm, one of these shows I'm going to take nothing but calls because I want to hear from you, the listener. Uh, good news is uh, we've got nearly 10% of our listenership now is in Russia. <laughs> so thank you very much. Um, I'm, I'm actually really shocked, but I'm uh, very surprised. I don't say shocked, but just surprised. So apparently, uh, I know there's a lot of English-speaking Russians over there. And I, I know a couple of y'all. Uh, I really appreciate you if you guys are spreading the word, and not just my program, but other shows on this network. So that's always really cool. All right, we're going to close tonight with Ali Venable, the track Use Me from her album Heart of Fire. Salamatima.
into Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Today we call it bone broth, and for thousands of years our ancestors enjoyed its benefits before it became lost to our modern diet of processed junk. We are now introducing Caveman by InfoWarsLife.com, the ultimate in true paleo nutrition with bone broth, turmeric root, chaga mushroom, and seven total primal superfoods in a single great-tasting formula. Caveman. It's those people living in the wilds having to actually build civilization that are our superior ancestors. And we need to do everything we can to recapture that. Everyone knew that you used all the parts of the animal. You used the meat for sustenance, the fat for cooking, but you used the bones for strength. From the outside structure full of minerals and key cofactors to the marrow that produces the blood for the body, this is the engine of the life essence. I'm a long way from the caveman my ancestors were, but I'm sure as hell trying to get back to that essence that made us what we were, and this is a big part of it. I know you're going to want to check out Caveman Ultimate Paleo Formula for yourself and ForwardsLife.com today. Are you a native son or daughter of the South who pleads the stars and bars? Someone not born in Dixieland, but who is a Johnny Reb at heart and looking for a place to shop that promotes Southern heritage? Well, your search is over. Dixie Republic is the place to go for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Inside the log cabin, just outside Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Dixie Republic has t-shirts, hats, videos, flags, books, belt buckles, and some of the best mouth-watering barbecue sauce that will ever touch your lips. There's just about everything you want honoring the South at Dixie Republic. Well, you say that South Carolina's a bit too far for you to drive? Have no fear, my friend. All of this is just a mouse click away. Go online at www.dixierepublic.com. Your home for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Attention patriots, tired of the tyranny and crime in the sanctuary cities? Flee the city and seek refuge in the American Redoubt. FleeTheCity.com. Move to the freedom of Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. FleeTheCity.com. FleeTheCity.com. My brothers, my sisters, I bring you a message of solidarity. 
a call to action and a demand for adherence to duty of an Aryan resurgence and ultimately total Aryan victory. We have broken the chains of Jewish thought. We know not the meaning of the word mine, it is ours. Our race, the totality of our people. Ten hearts, one beat. One hundred hearts, one beat. Ten thousand hearts, one beat. We are born to fight and to die and to continue the flow. The flow of our people. Onward we will go, onward to the stars, high above the mud, the mud of yellow, black, and brown. So kinsman, duty calls. The future is now. If months from now you have not yet fully committed yourself to the Alliance, then you have an effect not only betrayed your race, you have betrayed yourself. So stand up like men and drive the enemy into the sea. Stand up like men and swear a sacred oath upon the green graves of our sires that you will reclaim what our forefathers discovered, explored, conquered, settled, built, and died for. Stand up like men and reclaim our soil. Kinsmen, arise. Look toward the stars and proclaim our destiny. Defeat never, victory forever.